Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to another week of Awkward Sex and the City. And guess what? Your girl has got a guest this time. It's not just me speaking into the void. You like it? You don't like it? I'm not sure. Um, I was getting sick of hearing my own voice and thoughts, to be quite honest. So we've got a great guest today. We have a lot of guests lined up for the next few weeks. Soup's excited. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're still wearing your mask, still washing your hands. Um, all that fun shit. I also hope before I intro uh, this episode, well, I am introing the episode right now before I say the intro of like what this episode's about. Um, I also hope uh, you are getting excited for whatever's coming next. Um, however that looks for you and for me from personal experience, having last year kind of, you know, taken away from us has made me really want to prioritize things that I've always wanted to do and and things like that like like surfing and shit like that so one of those things was um getting a tattoo so i got a tattoo and (laughs) love it here for it probably get another but i'm just talking about it because i want to pass that on to you guys as well if like you're looking to get anything out of 2020 maybe it's you know, realizing what you really want and going for it. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, I lost sleep because I was so nervous about the tattoo, but uh, can say would recommend going for the things that you want, which is also kind of like what this episode's a little bit about. Um, so let me get to that before this becomes a solo episode about 2020 all over again. So this week I got to sit down and talk with, remotely of course, via Zoom, with the director, uh, Zach Lampluth, of the movie 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot. It's going to be on demand starting May 7th on Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango, from Cranked Films. Uh, And if you go to the description, you'll be able to find the link to go watch. I highly recommend. It was a good time. It is about Bigfoot, but it's also about other things. And I feel like if I say anything more about it, I feel like I'm gonna accidentally spoil, which I have a habit of doing. But we talk about the film, we talk about creating it and what it's like and, and where the inspiration for this movie came from. And we also talk about, of course, awkward sex. You know, Zach has some great stories of things that I had never heard before uh, been talked about on the show or the podcast. And again, that's one of my favorite things about talking to someone that I haven't met before and how universal <laughs> awkward sex is, yet how, unique it is as well like there's just there's not a lot of like crossover with stories except with poop there are some poop crossover stories which of course we talk about poop uh well i talk about poop because when when do i not so again if you want to go watch uh 15 things you didn't know about bigfoot by director zach lampoof you can see it and find it on demand 
video on demand come May 7th. Again, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango from Cranked Up Films. And I hope you enjoy and I'll see you guys on the other side. Happy Saturday. Um, watched the film yesterday. Loved it. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. What gave you the idea? Like, what gave you the idea of, like, to do that, that kind of, like, vice angle? Oh, man. Working at media companies. Okay. So this is, like, kind of based in reality? Yeah. Yeah. Working at media companies. I mean, me and Tim have mostly experienced this. Tim is our producer. Where there's just kind of this, like, um, dynamic of, like, is the gig fun? Well, then it doesn't pay anything. Does the gig like crush your soul? Then it's buckets of money, you oh, know. Like that's mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that. It's like the whole industry just like kind of grinds your spirit to a powder. You know what I mean? Like like if you're like if you want to be like an artist, it's like well yeah you can make paintings, but nobody buys those. Or you can make like logos for healthcare companies that are way too picky about dumb shit, and you get like you know a hundred bucks an hour or something. Hmm. Uh, I was trying to come up with a character that like could have that struggle on screen or have that like, um, yeah, just have that on have that on screen happening to them. Because I feel like it happens whether or not people are conscious of it. I feel like it happens a lot. I have like a lot of friends that, you know, are bloggers for things they like for no money. And then, you know, they ghostwrite for copy for websites that and that's like how they make their living. Which is weird. It's kind of like a weird half life to live. <laughs> if that oh, makes absolutely. any sense. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, I used to freelance write more. I don't really freelance write anymore, but I w- worked for this one company where you had to write, I think it was eight blog posts a shift. Yeah. About fucking like Selena Gomez or like Kim Kardashian's uh, unfiltered pic that got leaked. Mm-hmm. And you had to get this many out every like nine hours and it had to have a certain amount of hits and if you didn't get those hits you Ugh. got fired um i lasted two weeks and he asked me to come in for an exit interview and i literally said no and then blocked him on gmail <laughs> i was like no i'm not i actually yeah, got a and- kidney infection during the job for for not because of the job and like literally like almost died and he was like i was like i have to go i have to go to the hospital and he was like come into my office why do you have to go? And I was like, because my organs are shutting down. Like, I can't, I can't, I don't care about Selena Gomez yeah. right now. But when you said it crushes your soul and it's a half-life, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the other twisted dynamic is like, I feel like the people that are cool, the people like Vice or any of these like cooler companies, they know that they're cool and they they kind of use that, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of like, yeah, well, but you'll be like working in Vice. So, you know, maybe you'll make like $28,000 a year and <laughs> get a lot of exposure, you know? Yeah. Gotta love the exposure. Right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm trying to do, this is just me. I'm trying to do one or the other now. Like, I'm trying to not have a middle ground. I'm trying to just like, on the one hand, like, you know, I'm making a movie that I want to make. Or on the other hand, like, I'm I'm selling cigarettes. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, we're just selling like cigarettes and vitamins that are scams. And we're just going to make like a ton of money. That's all we're trying to do here. No, no middle ground. That's where you get stuck when you try to get paid for your dreams. (laughs) I actually think that's a really good point 
to point out, like it is really easy to get stuck in that middle ground because mm-hmm. you're kind of told that lie of like, but you're doing it. You're doing yeah. what you went to school for. This is like it's in the genre of what you wanted. Yeah, and you're a writer soul- technically. Mm-hmm. And you're Ugh. fucking soul sucking. It's soul sucking. And it's like. Yeah. Ugh. So when did you get out? When were you like, I can't do this anymore? Oh, I'm still editing. <laughs> I'm still working <laughs> at media companies. Um, it just, it just, uh, and I mean, all of them are, I feel like it's kind of a rotating experience for me. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm doing something like the movie where it's like that didn't, you know, I haven't seen any money from that. And then sometimes I'm doing stuff that is in that middle ground and that's always like good for the resume. And then sometimes I'm doing stuff where it's just like the the, the saying is this is this one's for the meal, not for the real, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, where it's like, I hate this, but it's double my usual rate. So, you know, that's it's it's always like a cycle where it's like there's four months where you're just like, God, I hated everything that we made, but we made a bunch of money. And then there's like four months where I'm, you know, you're just like, boy, it's. What a cool project, but I hate that, you know, like you said, where you're like, I'm I'm a writer at somewhere cool, but like, do I even like this? <laughs> you know? Did you go to school for like media arts or like for, for directing or film? I went I went for film and that was man, I'm pretty pessimistic. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna figure that out. But I went I went to school for film, but I went to this awful eh, it wasn't awful. It was just like it it, it was a film school in Mississippi. I went to a, a state where, you know, I lived there. And I liked it a lot. But, uh, you know, like they, they're not known for like literacy rates. And I went there for higher education and uh, their their school, USM, which I love USM, like they're they're super cool. But the uh, the film school was just these two old guys. They They were not up to date at all. They had a shooting on real film, uh, which was awful. Like it's so expensive. You make it short, it costs like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and and you don't know what the hell you're doing because you're like twenty. So you know you God. shoot like you, I shot like four reels of a short and only three came back, and I had to edit it on like a steam back. Dude, there there have been there have been uh at least three or four times I've been in a museum and been like I used to own that. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god! Yeah, like people are always like, "You serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I cut on one of those one time, like in like in the editors' guild here or something like that." There will uh-huh. be like an old, an old piece of equipment that's supposed to be like antiquated, and I'm like, I "Actually, did that in my college education." But uh, oh yeah, these two old guys. One of them was just like would only show you black and white movies that were before 1970 that were like super obscure. Like they wouldn't show, he wouldn't, he would like show you Chinatown maybe, but then he would also show you like four other ones that led up to Chinatown. They were much less historically important. Then there was this other guy who had only seen, I think he he would only talk about like three movies. Uh, When Harry met Sally. uh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. He would talk about when Harry met Sally in the line of fire, that Clint Eastwood movie. I and saw then, it once with my dad, like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And then I think the other one was Star Wars, maybe. Is yeah, but he those were his only three. Like and anytime he he used an example, he'd be like, you know, like from when Harry met Sally, where the protagonist does this and that. And uh man, like one time somebody else, some somebody else raised their hand and was like, What do you what do you think of uh this movie? What do you think of Wes Anderson? 
And he said, I don't exactly know who that is, but, <laughs> and this was in, two th- I went to college in like 2009, back mm-hmm. at like peak Wes Anderson. And I was you like, that's I mean? very peak. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Life Aquatic could just come out and shit, dude. And this, this guy didn't even know who that was. Oh my did, God. Did, yeah. Can't stand familiar with his work. You know, like, I was just like, oh, geez. Wow. So you learned a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Learned a lot about how to edit on like stuff from the seventies. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just so shocked because I feel like like I went from media arts and like the school uh, had like a film department or they called it digital video and the whole thing for them was like look at how cool our equipment is and that they're like no we're keeping it old school. Dude, I don't know yeah, why but- that was. I don't know why that was. I don't know why I allowed it in my life. I should have just <laughs> fucking left. I think, you know, my dad was just kind of like, you got to get a degree, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, like, that's that's another thing that people are usually pushed to, to like having it, which is, I guess, important. But yeah, that was that was a real dark two years of just being surrounded by old shit. God, <laughs> dude, we went out, me and, me and my roommate went out and bought our own stuff. Like wow. we just, like the, yeah, they they were all like you know, on this film stuff and we were like so we're just gonna spend like three grand and buy a camera and just shoot all digital and they were like well we'll have to like take a look at it and i just bought it i was like fuck you guys <laughs> like, oh my I, god yeah this is blowing my mind yeah is it, it was blowing my mind at the time <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i don't know if i learned anything <laughs> i don't know if i learned anything from that experience <laughs> but you, you like to think maybe you did. You like to think maybe you learned something from it being difficult or different or. Uh, but I don't know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. The reason I asked you was because one thing I wish happened at my school was that there was like a class that was like, let's get real about what this degree looks like in the real world. Yeah. And uh, you obviously were not going to have that option either. No. Of, yeah. No, there was so out of our whole department, me and one other guy have done film. I mean, well, all right, so I guess I don't keep everybody's email and like email them, but like one other mm-hmm. guy has directed a handful of movies. And then uh my old roommate has a podcast about movies. And then like that's it as far as I know. Like that's I think a lot of other people just kind of got a degree and like manage a store Mm -hmm. you know like yeah no totally i've worked in so much customer service with a with a four-year degree in media arts and design yeah i probably shouldn't shit on them so much because they were all cool like all the students were cool people it's just like it was just a very directionless program and yeah and like you said like yeah there should be someone to give you direction of like what what does the working world look like for this and yeah, it's it's different. <laughs> it's it's different than other other degrees and other fields, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So how not to change the subject, but this pops in my head. Did you film this during COVID? No. I'm sorry, it's fifteen things you didn't know about Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Okay. Fifteen yeah. things you didn't know about. Okay. We cool. filmed this in twenty eighteen. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been kind of a long road with like you know, festivals and then finding distribution and then mm-hmm. trying to find a home for it. So it's just been like, and, and also to be fair, post-production, we were still shooting parts of it up until June, 2019, <laughs> oh 
we we because it was just like reshoots and when you shoot something that's like more of a passion project it's going to take longer it's going to take longer to get everybody on the same page scheduling wise and, but what was nice about that was we could like pivot like because mm-hmm. we were the creators of it and producing it and everything we had like a cut of the movie where we watched the whole thing and then we were like I just think it sucks. <laughs> and we like, well, or just like the character, you know, like the, mm-hmm. it, it, it was, we made the whole thing. And then there was a few parts character wise where we were like, this character just like sucks. So we were like, we if we, if we take like two scenes or three scenes and reshoot them and put in like character moments, it'll make the whole rest of the movie correct. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so we did that. So there was like, we shot. The very end with the uh, like the very last scene where he's in South America, mm-hmm. like that that was the very last thing we shot because we just didn't like the ending before. We were like, this ending sucks, so we just like got <laughs> our buddy who's Venezuelan to come uh, be in that for one afternoon, and I think that was like the last thing we shot in like July 2019. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. You got a lot of room to really make it the way you want to make it that way. Exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not like you're having to get you know a ton of budget for shooting something like if you just seen where we shot that that uh that that last scene that was not in the jungle that was in like it was probably the size of my bedroom like that (laughs) that little stretch of like woods you Uh know we we had a friend who had shipping containers on his land and i went out and scouted it out and i was like i think if we film here and we like don't turn the camera at all it can look like the jungle (laughs) like that's (laughs) That's most of this movie is like us finding places and just being like, if we, if everybody doesn't move, like this can be the mountains. I love it. The movie magic. That's my favorite. I love that. Oh, you mentioned earlier now you're in LA. So when did you move from Georgia to LA? Was it after? I I just moved out here. You just moved out here. Okay. Like, yeah. Like a month, like two months? Like a couple months ago. Yeah. I just moved out here. Like, um, me and my my girlfriend is a uh, she's a nurse practitioner. So I you're gonna be like a nerd. She's <laughs> nerd, a huge yes, nerd. Huge no, oh my nerd. god, she's a nurse practitioner. Cool. Yeah, she's a nurse practitioner, and so she we spent most of 2020 like traveling because mm-hmm. with COVID and everything, you know, she that was that was a nuts year for us. Like we both got laid off. She got laid off too. Well, yeah. So. There was a huge demand for nurses for COVID, but there's when they shut everything down, there's not a huge demand for nurses who do kidney dialysis or stuff like that. I mean, like they were doing probably for dialysis. That's like that's necessary. But clinic nurses were like also furloughed. So anybody who was like and her thing at the time was aesthetics. She has all these she has a background in like real medical everything, but she just had been working for a company for about a year that was um, Botox, laser hair removal, cool sculpting. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few different like things. And she w- she had a a job lined up too. like they were going to transfer her to a new office. So we were like, awesome, we're going to go like to this new place. And then like two or three weeks after she got that that like promotion, they like laid her off. I lost my job. You know, every, everything kind of went bananas. And then she went and did uh, she went and did the COVID thing in New York. Like she was there like oh, a wow. week after the all the bodies in the cool truck, all that stuff. Damn. 
Um, well, tell her as someone who's in New York City, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it really did mean a lot Absolutely. to us that people were coming uh, from different states to help. Because yeah. it was, as you know, because you were pro- were you there too in New York with her? I was not. No, I, I, I didn't do that one. But yeah. I, 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 I traveled you. with her to other gigs. So we spent a lot of time in like Arizona. I spent a lot of time in, uh, she worked in like o- Oakland and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, it was kind of nuts. It was kind of nuts being traveling so much during all that too. Just being like, well, I guess we're just doing this. <laughs> we're just doing this. Yeah. yeah there, there was a lot with COVID of just like, oh, this is what it is now. And it's either you kind of freak out about it or you're just like, well, this is now the new wave that I'm, I'm on. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how did you guys meet? Man, so we met um, because so I was kind of her landlord. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so my dad has always like bought and sold houses and rented houses and stuff. Um and he split one with me and my brother and my sister. He like he found a house on auction, but he needed the cash. So he was like, Hey, do you guys have cash? So we all just like bought a house together mm-hmm. and um renovated it. And then we rented it and it was uh the it was her when she was in nursing school. Her and a few other girls, and I was just going over there occasionally to like mow the lawn <laughs> and, and met her that way. Oh my god! How was it with being in a relationship? You know, producing and directing, and you wrote too, right? You wrote this. Yeah, yeah. Me and Brian wrote it, and then uh, Tim and Tim and Brian helped produce it with me. But uh, yeah, so. Somali is also associate producer on this as well. Oh, cool. I mean, there, there was towards the end, she was, you know, she uh, some of the final shoots, like she was basically producing it with me. Like I, I would be like, you know, this Saturday, we need to wake up early. You need to go to the grocery store and get like craft services. Craft services. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be like ordering or I'm going to be like working with the actors and she'd be like arranging actors Uber rides and shit on her phone like. Yeah, at some point she's basically like producing at least some of the like reshoots with me. <laughs> but uh uh man, so you understand the funny so we had our we were supposed to get married in twenty eighteen. All right, so we, we got engaged, set a date, kind of felt like we had to set a date because we we're engaged now. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You don't get engaged and just like hang out, right? So you're like, well, we need to like set. A and date. it's like the first question everyone asks you repeatedly of like, yeah. when's it happening? Oh, when's the date? It's so, it's so fucking annoying. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. So I found the perfect way out. For you. Okay, you might already have the way out, but here. So anyway, so what happened was, uh, we set a date. Yeah, because people kept asking. We were trying to be cheap. We went to like, we went and found like a big Airbnb. We were just going to be like, let's just have like 20, 30 people over at a giant Airbnb that we can all crash at afterwards that has like eight or 10 bedrooms. And, you know, we'll probably get it catered. And that's it. Like cater. And then like, we're not going to get a DJ. We'll just like bring an iPod. And just like costs just kept going up mm-hmm. as it does. Like it, it just, it just goes from like, I bet we could do this for 5,000. Now it's seven. Now it's going to hit 10. And it just like was so, it was, cost kept going up. After a while, it's like, do we really want to spend $10,000 on a party? You know, we could go to like three continents. We could just, just if we wanted to blow it, like let's blow it. Let's like go have fun for a month and a half. And, um, but what happened was the Airbnb called us and was like, 
hey, we lost our license for events. So now you have to have it, the wedding at a different event, at a different place. Yeah, they, they like offered us alternatives. And then we had to like get a lawyer involved oh, and wow. like get our money back. But uh, they, they, they refunded all of our money. And we managed to get all of our money back, which was, it was so cool. Like, cause everybody always acts like that's a bad thing. Like they were like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm like, dude, imagine like how stressed you were like four months before your wedding. And then you just get a phone call that's like, by the way, this can go away. <laughs> and uh, like, that's, so we, we like went and got drinks afterwards. We were like, yes, this rocks. <laughs> we don't have to get married. And, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know how that would happen with the movie. Cause after shooting the movie and like seeing how much that took of my life like the the wedding would not have been able to happen you know it, it would have been like within a couple months of each other it would have been impossible mm-hmm. oh my god yeah and because the wedding was on and then now it's off that's the way out people for a long time i think were scared to ask because they thought we broke up oh. so people were like they were like well i know he had like a wedding date and then like it didn't happen and i don't know so like they yeah, so family stopped asking. People, it was great. It's perfect. That is and amazing. It's been, what two, three years now? <laughs> and then you had COVID, and so you couldn't do any weddings then, really. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. It's it's the perfect way to like fly under the radar. Is I I'd advise anybody to do that who's engaged and getting incredibly annoyed. Just set an arbitrary date. You don't <laughs> even have to have the Airbnb. Just make it up and then pretend something happened. And then all these aunts who didn't talk to you before will stop talking to you again. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because of, I was really hoping that COVID would implode the wedding industry, and it has not. Um, yeah. I did. I checked in with like one venue in because we're in New York, so everything's already going to be more expensive. Checked in with one new venue that I thought maybe was going to be cheap because they just aren't. It's on the city. It's in Rockaways. It's in Queens. They quoted me for $54,000. And I was like, get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, man. Some of the people I know that are like, they're like my my friends and stuff. Like when I hear how much stuff actually costs, I'm like, dude, you could have bought a house. Like, What are you doing? Yeah. Like you could travel for a month and a half on that. Like. Yeah, fifty four thousand. You could live for a year and a half on that. <laughs> more than I've like ever doing? made in a year. Um, I used to be a nanny, yeah. and I used to go on this play uh, playdates with this like older stay at home dad, and he was always like, "Look, the bigger the wedding, the uglier the divorce." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And it's kind of been true. Like as I've gotten older, I've kind of seen it that uh, happen, and I was like, "Yeah, the people that don't care that much about the actual day and just kind of like love the person that they're with." seem to be the ones mm-hmm. that like make it you know you're now like yeah. going on nine years you've made a film together and that's like you said <laughs> that's a whole part of your life like that's another thing that like in film and these like media arts uh degrees schools that they need to be like this is really hard if you want to have a relationship with someone too <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a lot of work yeah like you're saying though like like i dig that we're we're probably just gonna do a courthouse wedding mm-hmm. we're probably just gonna do that just Go down there and get insurance together. I'm all about a courthouse elopement. So I do have to ask. You okay. don't have to answer. Do you have any awkward sex stories you would like to talk about? Man, hold on. I wrote one down. Oh, uh, yeah. I love when the guests write stuff down. It's like they did their homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So like I said, I was kind of her uh, 
her super. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was kind of having to come over and like fix the sink or whatever every so often. And one of the first times I I did I stayed the night there, but it was only because I was too drunk. It wasn't like we didn't hook up or whatever. I just slept on the couch. I woke up still feeling not great and uh just went to the bathroom and immediately clogged the toilet and (laughs) and apparently they didn't own a plunger (gasps) so yeah so i I clogged the toilet in my own house that they're renting for me and then had to go down like still uh uh, hung over having to like bleary-eyed go to the dollar general and buy a plunger and then come back and you can't do that like under the radar Mm-mm. you can't you can't be like oh real quick i'm gonna like hop out and do that that was like a 30 minute errand oh my god oh my god i love yeah. i love the cross section or cross intersection of like awkward sex and poop like it comes in all the time <laughs> if yeah. it makes you feel better the first time i like hooked up had a stay over date with my current fiance i got explosive diarrhea yeah yeah, yeah so that's... it just it happens the poop yeah and if you can get past that then then you're, you anything. you're great that's and, amazing though because were they just like well you're the super so like go buy us a plunger <laughs> like this is actually well, your responsibility for like multiple reasons yeah exactly well I, I didn't i didn't know the other girls as well either that's the other thing too so I was, it's almost like yeah i'm taking a shit in a stranger's house and just being <laughs> like yeah i gotta sorry i clogged this i'll be right back and people are starting to wake up you know what i mean I, I, anyway yeah oh um, no and then in that same house, um, so so my dad has always like bought and sold rental properties and stuff. That's not his like career, but he just always has. And mm-hmm. um, he'll just like have sto- stuff in storage mm-hmm. that like you know if if he's trying if there's like a tenant who's like moving in or something and doesn't have a dining room table, he's like I got one of those if you want one you can take a dining room table. Anyway, I'm at I'm at her place. And we had just like hooked up for the first time and I'm in bed. Uh, we're in bed and I lean back and my hand touches the headboard and then I feel this thing and it like feels really familiar. And I realize it's my childhood bed is <laughs> <laughs> like literally the bed I used to sleep in when I was like nine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I love your delivery, too, because, like, a lot of people really, like, uh, ham it up with, like, their stories. And you're just like, and then this happened. And it's, like, the funniest <laughs> thing I've heard, like, in months. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was... Dude. Yeah. And that was a really weird sensation because it, it had, like, a weird <laughs> thing that came off. It, it, it was, like, a kind of a weird bed frame that, like, had, like, a decorative knob. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. Just, like... Mine used to have that, too. And you could, like, pull it in and out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did that and was like, "Oh shit, this is my bed." And then that I had to explain to her, you know, what I mean, I was like, "This is this is my bed." <laughs> when it was there any point where you're like, "I guess we should tell my dad because we're hooking up and I'm technically your super," or did he just not care? He was like, "Whatever." Uh, I think. Well, I think I think they just figured out. Like I think my parents figured out because, like I said, it's a small town. You know, mm. if I'm going somewhere else and not coming home at night, I was actually crashing with them. It, sorry, I, to rewind, I was crashing with them for like four or five months because of a producer gig. Mm-hmm. There was a TV show being shot there. So like if I'm like going out and not coming home. Yeah, it's like 
it's obvious. There's like, like I said, it's like four nursing students. You know what I mean? Everybody else is 42 years old. So, so they, they, they figured it out. That <laughs> That's where I was going. Obviously yeah. it worked out. Obviously. Yeah, still exactly. Together. Yeah. And now my parents live in that house. <laughs> so we still occasionally go there. That bed is still there. It's like in a guest room. I think it is in the same place. <laughs> It's kind of their like office now, but I think it's in there. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, yep. that's wild. This is the that was I was. I hope not they a... don't listen to this. <laughs> hope they don't listen to this and know about that bed now. Ooh, they might. <laughs> they might. I can't guarantee they won't hear it. But they you sound know, like they're chill. They sound like they're someone's chill. Someone's probably changed the sheets by now. It's been about eight years. <laughs> we can only hope because I've known yeah. men that haven't. So. Yeah. I can only hope. And myself. I actually was really bad about changing my sheets. I do it like once a year. And I didn't mm. understand why there's like a brown spot like in the middle where I sat and slept. There's nothing you that, can say to that. And that's totally fine. That was just kind of a memory that I had. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a thought for me. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, So we've, you know, we've talked kind of about an hour. Okay. Yeah. um, There's great stuff in here. But I always like to ask if there's anything you'd like to talk about before we stop, before we wrap up. Man, I don't know. Uh... Is there anything else you want to ask about the movie or anything? Or yeah, um, I I really liked the film. I thought it was fun. I thought, and I really liked the Vice um, angle to it. That's the first thing I noticed, which I think you know a lot of people will notice. But I was like, this is resonating with me with this you know main character. So sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I I just hope it finds people and people connect with it. You know what I mean? Like I hope. I hope that people see it and it's, you know, a character that they can relate to, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it will, especially for like my audience, like a lot of creatives listen to this, this show. And I, I think a lot of like that resonates with people of just being, feeling stuck or feeling underappreciated, like, especially with like the, the relationship between like the main character and like the cameraman of like, you're in this together, but you're not. And the other one that really, really also struck a chord with me was like, <laughs> Someone who didn't deserve that role, you know, got it. And you're just like, ah, oh. because oh, they yeah. get they have more Insta followers. They have more like credits. And you're just like, I don't want to be better. But here I am being a bitter bitch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Right. What is next for you guys? Are you guys like, uh, do you guys normally work together or or you normally of- work together and hoping to make another movie, hoping cool. to make another movie with, you know, maybe some of the same people, maybe some 
add more people to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bring in, yeah, hoping to make another one. Uh, we've been outlining more movies and like getting started on scripts and things like that. So we were kind of lucky with the scheduling of this because, like I said, we premiered in 2019, hit festivals through the spring of 2020, and then COVID happened. Luckily, we could hit all these virtual festivals. So, like, luckily, we we got the movie done just in time. Six months before lockdown. Everything shut down. Uh, yeah, but everybody that I've talked to since then who's, like, a director or producer is, like, you can't make movies right now. Or you can, and it costs time and a half because mm-hmm. everybody has to get a million, like, vex or not vaccines, uh, COVID tests masks nobody can stand near each other everyone's doing more than they should because you can only have eight people on set instead of 20 people on set so it's like yeah so so i'm kind of like i'm eager to like start the next project and like pitch and everything but like i don't know realistically how far that process can go you know i mean if somebody's like i really love this script you wrote let's make it in 2024 you know i mean i'm Mm -hmm. like i i don't know so yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited to start the next thing and like try and find funding and everything to make the next thing. But I'm also kind of like, well, I hope I hope that's even a possibility, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a it's a tough, like a hard pill to swallow, but it's like true. Like, that's the reality of it right now. It's just like yeah. you don't know. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know about L.A. right now. Like things are really starting to pick up for filming in New York. Um, but I don't know about L.A., especially because like there's just different like positivity rates and stuff, too. And just, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a bummer. It sucks. But yeah. if you're creative right so, now, it kind of blows. So I work in post and I work in animation. Oh, um, fuck. That's awesome. For like my for my day job. <clears throat> and uh, so that's the that's the main reason that we like just came out here because I found a gig. But uh, all my live action friends have been telling me that the live action uh, uh, film scene has been doing all has been getting better a little bit because of how strict LA and New York are. <laughs> so they're apparent apparently like, you know, how strict it is here. They're they're like, all right, we need to shoot this M&M's commercial. Uh nobody in Georgia cares. <laughs> so they just go there and shoot it. So wow. apparently it's it's and yeah, for my for my day job, unfortunately, I've always been an editor. So yeah, that that has sucked but like so the editing there has like gone downhill for some reason but Mm. the live action seems to have stayed steady if you're like an on-set pa or something wow that's crazy yeah i've wondered about like georgia too like with the this new like voting law if they were going to pull filming out of georgia i don't know i think all that's bullshit i mean obviously the law is bullshit or you know a lot of times you catch like headlines that are like this Georgia representative uh, said something about gay people. And then you look him up and it's like, dude, this guy's from like some know nothing ass town. He He's just getting what he wants, which is his name in the press. Why are people in New York writing about this guy? Mm-hmm. He would not. He would be a fucking ghost if it wasn't for him being like, we're going to introduce a new bill that says Muslims, you know, something or other. And it's like, dude, you're from a town with no Muslims like you're you're punching the wind. On the one hand, it's that. It's just like people from nowhere trying to make a name for themselves. And then on the other hand, dude, they people keep people from Hollywood keep falsely threatening as well to pull out. So it's it's just other fakery from the other side who are people who are like, I'll never film in Georgia. It's like you never have. 
you, you, you like there dude there were people from game of thrones who were like tweeting about how they'll never never film in georgia and yeah they never have so it's like you're just the same version of that guy mm-hmm. so it it, it kind of sucks being from atlanta in that sense because people are always like like did you hear that the game of thrones people are not going to film in georgia well sure they film in fucking croatia they're not they never were going to come here <laughs> they're, they're, they're just trying here. to make a name for themselves by you know, getting in a fight with some backwater ass dude from outside Savannah. Mm-hmm. I think that upsets me about it. It's because like, so I was a nanny for an actor. So I've, you know, been in Atlanta multiple times because she w- was shooting in Atlanta. Um, what makes me upset about it, of not just like how shitty this like this bill, this law is, but um, it really affects a lot of people's lives of like, People move to Georgia to, you know, pursue their dreams there or like it like doubly hurts. I feel like Georgia, which I don't know. Because companies are like threatening to pull out and stuff. So it's like people would lose jobs. It would lose a lot of tax like income for the actual state. I'm not politically savvy enough to like know the right next move. But it just I don't want I don't want people to lose shit after already what's happened this year um, for something that they didn't want to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it, it it's it's like a man, so the the Cambodian king before they before Pol Pot came to power, he said because he, he he basically got caught up in the, the war between the US he, he got caught up in the spillover from Vietnam because their country's border, but he said who loses when two elephants fight? The grass. Oh fuck. He was caught up between the Soviet Union and the U.S. having a proxy war in Vietnam that spilled over onto his land and caused all kind of rebellion and it caused these like political factions and totally screwed up his country. But like, what are you going to go to war with Russia? You're a tiny ass little country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's kind of how that state is, at least in that regard. It's it's just like businesses getting mad at politicians, getting mad at businesses again and threatening to pull out and not doing it. And then who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll do it this time because I think they pulled all of Delta's tax incentives or something like that. Or they threatened to. Delta, yes. Delta did something. Uh, MLB Delta said, did like, something. this is bad. Yeah. Uh, I think Coca-Cola did too, which is that is the one place I wanted to go uh, when I was in Atlanta. The world of Coke? Mm-hmm. And I never made it. And then my friend used to work there and she was like, yeah, don't because there's just kids like throwing up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I went, I went when I was a kid because that was like the closest big city. Uh-huh. And then I went as an adult because I, I, when I like first moved there again, I was, or when I first moved there as an adult, I was like, let's, let's go check it out. It sucks. Or it's just like... <laughs> It's the only thing that anybody remembers about it from when they were a kid is the tasting room. Mm-hmm. And the tasting room, the only real thing about it is you taste all this stuff like Nigerian Coke and then you go, ugh, mm, gross. And then and then you go to like Finnish Coke and you're like, ugh, weird. And <laughs> so you just try all these different sodas and then you're like, that was strange. <laughs> yeah, you, you, basically just, you basically just go around the world being like, everything sucks except Coke. And then... All, all the other attractions, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything yeah. you really miss from Georgia right now while in L.A.? See, I want to I want to say seeing people, but you shouldn't be seeing people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now, Georgia's bad about that. Uh, so, 
man, maybe, I mean, seeing people and then also just like food. Mm. It's like one of the best places I've had food. Like I had steak tartare there. I had duck for the first time there. Uh, I think grain, uh, sweetbreads, oysters, just so good. Did you ever go up to Buford Highway? I don't remember. It's further up northeast and it's not like really walkable. It's not like being in Silver Lake or something where Mm -hmm. it's like a little area. Um, it's like a five mile stretch of highway. It's all Hispanic and Asian. So it's, and they have every kind of like food and every kind of business. So if you want, like they have obviously Korean, Chinese, Malaysian, uh, and, and also like all these different cultures have like different, you know, you can get like Japanese bakery and, uh, you know, different kinds of like asian coffees and then like every kind of latin food like the so the last time i was there i just happened to be in the neighborhood in that area and i was like really wanting coffee because it was early in the morning so i just typed in colombian i'd never even been to a colombian place before and i just typed it in and there was one like a mile and a half away and i went and it was really good i'd never had colombian pastries before the pastries are kind of my thing so good ah pastries are the best yeah so if you're ever there go up to buford highway that's that's the joint no i definitely have to check it out because that doesn't sound familiar at all and it sounds amazing i love all foods i love trying every single type of food possible i love Mm -hmm. it all which is why i get diarrhea a lot which is why i got diarrhea (laughs) with with that guy uh my that guy my fiance um yeah no everyone's always like do you have ibs i was like no i just i love food and we'll try everything yeah i'm just really good at eating yeah i'm just really good at eating Sometimes has adverse effects. Um, this has been great. I yeah. I love it. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys really liked this episode. I had a great time chatting with Zach. I hope he did too. And again, if you want to go see and check out 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot, it will be available video on demand starting May 7th on Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango from Cranked Up Films. And again, the link will be in the description of this podcast episode. So we've done all the, taken all the steps out for you. You just click that link and you'll be there. Again, I hope you guys are doing okay. I know it's, it's, everything's weird. Everything's weird. Please keep wearing your mask, even if you're vaccinated. Please keep washing your hands, even if you're vaccinated. And we, it feels so close. We are so close. We are so close. I'll see you guys next week.